about that time. Happy Wednesday. And it is that time for Ready, Set, Real Estate. And I am so ecstatic about my next guest. And you guys think I'm always playing when I say I'm stoked, I'm excited, I'm ecstatic, because we're doing something phenomenal with the show. And if you have gotten hip to it yet, if you have not gotten hip to it, come on now, you're sleeping, you're sleeping. This is all things real estate, all aspects of the industry to support and shed light on an industry that is trillions of dollars annually. So be sure to get connected. I'm so happy to introduce to you Richard Preston. He is owner of TNT Construction. Rich, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Lisa. How you doing? Absolutely. How do you like my intro? You feel it? <laughs> Love it. Love it. I'm feeling fired up. I want to, I'm feeling fired up, especially when I do this. I mean, this is one aspect of what I get to do, I enjoy this and I get to support people that support me. And if people haven't figured it out yet, like I said, uh, we're just doing amazing things. And I, I'm so happy to spotlight individuals like yourselves. But before we get into, I just want to real quick thank our sponsor, Thelonious C. Jones. He is author of the, what the real estate gurus don't tell you. He is an Atlanta real estate investor, also known as the solutionist. So be sure to support his, uh, I believe it's now a third or fourth book release for him, which is awesome. Check out gurusdonttellyou.com, gurusdonttellyou.com, gurusdonttellyou.com. And again, the name of the book is What the Real Estate Gurus Don't Tell You. So if you're interested in real estate investing or wanting to learn more about the real estate game, I think that's a great way to start and get some insights from someone that has attended all the seminars, has paid $1,000, and has taken his experience, his uh, background, and put it in a book for you to get. So shout out to Thelonious C. Jones. Richard, thank you for making the time out of your busy schedule, because I have been watching your projects from small to large. And I know, um, I think it's one of the things that most people say, it's hard to keep up with people in construction because you're so busy returning phone calls and you know all that. So I wanted to just ask you real quick, if you just share a little bit about where you're from, what areas you serve, um, and that way people get to know who you are. Sure, no problem. My name is Richard Crespin, owner of TNT Construction, and born and raised in Los Angeles. I've started my company eight years ago. And TNT, I mean, they, we go anywhere. We've been anywhere from Buffalo, New York, St. Louis, Missouri. We even went to Big Island, Hawaii to do a, a job for one of my contractors. I mean, wow. we work seven days a week, night shifts, whatever, whatever is needed. You know, sometimes it is what it is. Wherever you need us, we're there. Wow, that is very impressive. I'm I, like people don't realize, like I'm so happy because here's the background, you guys. I know Richard. <laughs> I know Richard. And Richard, like I said, I feature, I, there's millennial features and people don't understand, like we're up next, we're up and coming, but we're doing amazing things. And I have to commend Richard for taking on the projects that he does to grow his business and learn. And um, like he said, he's right here based in California. So for those of you who are looking for a trusted and connected person that is doing um, remodel and projects, uh, residential and commercial, Richard? 
Yeah, we do everything from the ground up. Anything you need. I mean, in the sewer, concrete, build a house, wow. build commercial buildings, hospital, anything you need. Wow, look at that. You said a hospital. So let's just expand on that. I just want to spotlight because I tell folks everything around them is real estate. So give us some examples in terms of the projects that you have completed. And then I want to get into how you started in construction. Um, well, when we do, we work for Cedar sinai I know you're familiar with that. We built a lot for them. And I also do uh, surgical centers in Beverly Hills. I mean, he's, he, it was, it's huge. Hospital, when it comes to health, it's, it's a whole nother world. Everything, all the codes change. And we do, I mean, I've done uh, beach houses. I mean, I, like from the ground up with basements, no basement. Everything's custom. Every project we do is different. Right, right. Very good. So tell us how you got started in construction because, you know, there are so many aspects of this industry that uh, without you and the entity and the industry, um, I have nothing to sell. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. I'll be a residential, commercial, industrial. I have nothing to sell if there's nothing that's being built. So tell us, how did you get started in construction? Ever since I was a little boy, my stepdad used to take me to, you know, he was a framer. So we used to go to the job sites, clean up the job sites. And my uncles were roofers. So I kind of like was forced to be in construction. Right after high school, I started working for a company in the South Bay, worked for them for about, I want to say almost 10 years when I realized I wasn't going anywhere. So I figured I might as well do it for myself. So at 23, at 23, 24, I started my own business. And at 23, never back. Before, no, let's, let's pause. Let's pause. At 23, 24, between 23 and 24 years old, you started your own business. And you said, instead of me doing it for everyone else, and I'm sure you had this moment of, I'm busting my butt off, yeah. making money for somebody else. <laughs> I'm getting a portion of it. Why not me? Why not do it for self? So that's awesome. And, and for those of the, the that are connected with our youth organization, Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation, this is what we want to spotlight, you know, um, do for self. And this is one avenue of the industry. So go on, go on. I just had to say that. I just 23, 24, you started your own business. Okay. Literally knocking on doors. I mean, I probably got a hundred no's before I got a yes. But I didn't stop. And I love that's the that's, that's awesome. the worst thing can see is no. Right. Literally knocking on doors. So you definitely get where uh, Hugh and I come from when we're door knocking in the field. Right. Uh, Omia C. Jones, one of our sponsors, he says this 10 toes to the concrete. You're a foot soldier when you're out there taking the business, right? You have to go out there. No one's going to come and say, here you go. Here exactly. you go. <laughs> okay. So a year later, now I'm 100% referrals. I don't knock on doors anymore. Everybody's just word of mouth now. Absolutely impressive. And I don't know for anybody who's in business or an entrepreneur, um, that is the end game. That's the goal, to be referral where you're not doing uh, the sweat equity. <laughs> right, for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't mind, but I just don't have time to knock on doors anymore. Right. And that's perfectly fine because you know what? Uh, I have to acknowledge, like you said, it took you eight years, right? right. People are like saying, wow, oh my God, especially when I'm look, I've watched you on social media grow and, and we shared, I shared this with you offline. Um, I'm really proud of you. I commend you for the growth. 
And it's just really amazing to watch. But what people are sharing in terms of what, what people see in terms of your project is the eight years you put in. Right. It's the eight years you put in. So that that for me is like it's not just going to be an overnight. You guys, you hearing it from myself I'm 12 years in the business It's still it just still takes the grind. That's the life, the life and times of entrepreneurship, right? And I see you're up just as late as I am when I see you doing some of your projects. So it's it's just insane. So tell yeah, us I only work bit. 18 to 20 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> only 18 to 20 hours a day. But it's affording you a lifestyle right. that you would not be able to do in another way, right? And I'm not knocking, you know, the nine to fives or everyone's got to earn their living. But again, what you're doing and investing in terms of time, your money and your business and your growth is to afford you a lifestyle because you also are a father. You're a proud father of two that I know. Yeah. Um, and so you have a family that I would think this is there's a long term game. So as we're talking about projects um, and I mentioned you mentioned any any projects, you, you know, whatever it is, you build it from the ground up. And that's that's a wide net. So would you share with us what would be. What, what, what was a milestone project for you? Kind of like that learning lesson, a learning curve, or even something that was a wow moment for you? For me, it will be getting into the prevailing religious government job. Okay. Whole, whole world. Wow. Okay. So wage government jobs. Tell us a little bit about that in terms of what that means for those people. And this show is we want to keep it basic. Maybe a lot of terms we don't use. We use in the industry. People who are listening and wanting to learn real estate may not be familiar. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Well, prevailing wage job, it's a government funded project. Pretty much you have to pay everybody whatever they tell you. And in this case, I was paying people 40 bucks an hour. Okay. for doing construction it was a 30 unit apartment building built from the ground up and they all had to come up within one year so wow. it, was, it was it was tough but it was doable i mean it, it got done everything was completed on time everything worked out but it's a lot of trades involved i mean hundreds of people it was all union workers so when i i had to sub everything out we literally sub everything out from the baseboards from the plumbing from everything you could think of had a different trade so wow. when you do residentials, it's a lot of in-house. You know, it's smaller, still yeah. time-consuming, but it's not as crazy. And right. it's fast-paced, and the government doesn't play. You got to pay taxes big time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's one thing. I I, didn't, I had I had to learn the hard way. Like I saw a big amount of number, I thought I was going crazy. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be rich, and it doesn't work out that way. Ooh. And that I think that was a great. That's I'm so glad that you're sharing that because. Right. Everyone is. We're wanting those big projects because we know the funding is there. Right. We know the funding is there. We know there's a budget, especially with you know the work that we're doing. You want to talk to people with a budget. Right. What's the budget? But you learned on the back end in terms of recouping costs. Um, it right. did cost on the back end. So got it. Got it. That makes sense. And for those of you who are listening in terms of uh, projects and goals that you're setting for yourself, um, you know, definitely get connected with people who have done it, I think. Did you find that, were you leaning on anybody that became a resource or was it completely you just kind of learning your way through that project? I had to learn as I went. I mean, it's hard because you got to literally wear a bulletproof vest because you don't know what's coming at you every day. 
Wow. It's just every day is something different. There's always problems. There's always things going on, but you got to keep it going no matter what. Right, right. Man, I, I commend you. I think that for me would be the experiences that I would be doing because I even though the industry is partitioned off in residential, commercial, and industrial, and so forth, but I'm a person, I don't want to say no like you. I want to learn. I want to grow. If, if I'm committed and and I'm committed into it, I want to learn everything about it. I may not be a master at everything. Um, I definitely can be a, have a specialized focus, but I also don't want to be ignorant to anything else that's out there that's closely connected to my industry. Um, so I commend you. So it's all good. And, and that's what people need to hear is terms of the learning curves that we all experience as we're growing. So that that's awesome. So tell us, um, what has been a learning lesson or I guess a continually learning lesson for you as you grow in your business um, and your experience as well? I would say finding the right team for the right situations. It's like you okay. can't you can't just hire anybody from the streets and expect, you know, quality work. So what? It's just, really? <laughs> I, you know what? I try being the nice guy, helping people out. But at the end of the day, I'm the one that's losing money, you know, so that had to stop. So I, especially family, you can't work with family. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> OK, keep it real. You learned it. You learned the hard way that it may not be best apt to hire family. Um, and I, I, you know what? So I, I'm going to be like this. Yay and nay, right? So I guess it depends who, it depends what, right? But you also learn. So especially when we talk about community building, wanting to help everybody. Uh, and that's a lesson that you said you have learned. Um, is there, is there, what have you learned in terms of a hiring decision in decision-making? Is there something in particular now you know what you're looking for and what, what are you looking for maybe in terms of experience or track record? Because it, it is hard out here when we look at people who are trying to find employment, you know, and I appreciate you saying I try to be the nice guy, but at the end of the day, the liability does fall on you. And I get that, especially if the person who's got a team, who's got a business, and yes, you want to help everybody, but we talk about qualification being very important, number one, right? So what does that look like for you? I mean, it's it's tough because everybody comes in to me and says they know how to do everything until you put them on the field. So you have to kind of try them out and see where they fit in. And if they don't, they just don't. But that's that's where we're at. I just kind of got to squeeze people in where they're good at. So I'm not mad all the time. So I'm happy. I don't have to babysit all, all day. Right. Right. But, no, that's that's important. So here's what I wanted to ask you. It actually let's talk about. Um, and I'm and I'm actually going to prepare plugging you in in a phone, phone number. Is your cell phone number the best number to reach you? Um, yes. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and plug that in here. But I wanted to talk to you a little about a little bit about what we're seeing in terms of not just locally in in our state, but across the state. So we were talking about transitional housing. There have been billions of dollars that have been put into transitional housing. Let's talk about what you see in terms of uh, the projects that are being done and created and just kind of your spin of your take. Because I, I'd like to know what, um, where you are in terms of projects. Uh, you mentioned high, you know, low end, I guess, low if there's a low end, middle end and high end project. Would you describe that for us? It's a uh, depends on the client. I mean, okay. like you have a lot of real estate agents who have investors who all they want to do is flip 
they don't care about guarantees. They don't care about how long the product lasts. They just want to sell. So some mm. people just go in and they the way I call it is you pay for the lipstick. It looks nice, but you don't know what's underneath. You know what I mean? So it's just that's what a lot of situations I see because I'm also trying to look for a house, as you know. Every right. time we go, I, I, me personally, I, I want just land. You know, give me dirt and I'll make my own house. But when you go in to see these crazy price house, like you're looking at just the the, the outside of it. Right. But then, you know, when you're building, when I build a custom home for a, you know, high-end client, it goes into detail. You have right. to, because it's all about the finishes. And also they want a good product. They don't want anything that has any problems in the next 10 years. You know, it's like buying a new car. When you get a new house, you don't want any issues. Right. But it just, it, it, it goes, you get what you pay for. You know what I mean? If you want somebody cheap, people go to Home Depot, pick somebody up, but then nothing works out. You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, everything, and then I, that's when I come in and I got to fix everything. And I have situations where clients are, well, I already spent all this money, but can you help me out? At that point, it's more work. So right. people have to understand is like you cut corners and you pay for them in the long run. Right. So here's what I, I had a question about that. Um, because you, you said lipstick job. Explain that to us. To, I just want people to tie in the term because I said it to people and they don't know what I'm talking about. And again, this is about learning terms and concepts in the industry so that people are aware when an agent or someone like yourself talks about a project being a lipstick job. What does that mean? So let's just kind of. That just, uh, I mean, pretty much what it means it looks good like you walk in and it looks like you're it, like what you want it's finished it's moved in ready but from the outside is it, it's pretty counters pretty cabinets but the plumbing probably is all messed up so mm. now when you buy a house your whole plumbing got to get redone because there was no uh, a, a inspector that actually checked everything because you have situ your inspectors can't see inside the walls so they right. come in and they tell you what they think but it's only their opinion you know professional opinion you have to right. sometimes go overboard and get a contractor that actually knows his stuff you know what i mean an inspector's only going to make his 300 400 whatever he's going to make but on the outside what, what looks bad looks bad and that's it so people are just uh paying for lipstick when i say it's like they think they're getting a, a finished product not knowing what they're getting themselves into so sometimes you got to do some homework that's all no, that's perfect. And here's what I appreciate. See, this is terminology again, you guys. Pay attention that we're talking about property in terms of product. We didn't say homes. <laughs> we, we said product. And when you're dealing with someone who is in the construction industry or even from our, our, our perspective as well, um, we're looking at it as a product. And that's why it behooves you to work with someone that is able to see beyond uh, paints. <laughs> Paint and, and cabinets and countertops. Uh, do you have the right team of inspectors to do the full-blown inspections? Which again, why disclosures are very important. Um, the TDS, transfer disclosure statement, where a, a seller needs to be disclosing everything they know about it, right? right? And I even find this in new construction that oftentimes they just kind of chalk it off to say buyer do do buyer to do due diligence. Right. And we've all learned. I know I've had some expensive lessons on my end in terms of inspection, due diligence, and I'm constantly learning. Again, we're talking about a product. We're talking about going beyond the drywall. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Especially when we're right. talking about plumbing and leaks and smells of land and stuff like that being exposed to stuff like radon, lead-based paints, right? Built between before 1978, asbestos, 
oh my gosh, the list goes on because those are all serious issues when we're dealing with a product. <laughs> a product. Rich, how do people get in contact with you? And I'm so I'm so happy again that people are able to just kind of hear um, a snippet of you, what you do, and basically another aspect of the industry because it's one thing to say that you want to flip, you want to buy and flip, and you get what you pay for, right? Everybody's looking at the margins. And for those of you who are out here purchasing, again, you want to have somebody on your team that can run estimates. Um, and this is something that we do as well. Rich, did I not call you out on a project, an auction property? And I said, hey, can you take a look at it? And what was it? It was mold. It was it was foundation um, problems. It was, it was yeah. foundation. It was foundation problems. Can you share just kind of a quick walkthrough the way how that worked? It was very early morning, by the way. I called Rich out to come take a look at this because um, one of the things when you're dealing with auction properties, by the way, you're buying that property on the spot, as is where it is. So, can you share with us like some of the things that maybe people should be looking out for? Um, with bringing you as a professional. And that's where I, I really like that you tell it what it is. You tell me what it is. So share a little bit and then um, we're gonna wrap up and whoever wants to connect with you, they can do so on your social media, but definitely the number is there. Um, you can reach PNT Construction at 310-650-4296. Richard Crespin is the owner. Uh, he is based in California, but he is not limited to projects in SoCal area, as he's mentioned, he's already, he's done, it was Hawaii, you said. I remember when you did that. Yeah. I actually remember when you said you would do that. Didn't you do one in New York? Yeah, Buffalo, New York, right by Canada. And then we went right. to St. Louis, then Detroit. It's a, it's, it's a, one of my clients who owns like 170 churches. So he's always making me travel. Hey, I'm okay with those kind of clients. <laughs> yeah, he, he'd rather pay extra to get me out there. Right. Oh, see, you know what? And that speaks volumes, right? That right. speaks volumes in terms of your reputation and the quality of your work that you do. So um, as we were talking, we talked offline. You had asked you a question, but first let me let me have you answer the question that I first asked. Cause I'm like, when I think construction, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm everywhere with it. Cause I just, I, like I shared, I wanted to pursue construction. I wanted to pursue getting my contractor's license, but I was a little bit overwhelmed of what that would entail. So first, the first question was walking into something like an as is, where is project, uh, property for sale. Um, what are the main things you, you would say to a newbie or even experienced people? What are the things they're looking at when they're walking into these types of deals? To the eye, look for cracks, like any cracks on the walls, exterior, interior, that's gonna be a sign of your structure foundation. That's mm. the foundation it's the, probably the most expensive fix. So mm -hmm. plumbing, second, and then you have your the rest, which is electrical, roofing. I mean, they're, they're all really important, but Absolutely. if you do it right with the right people, you don't have to worry about it for a long time. Right. But my yeah. main thing will be on this house, it was a two-story, I think, two or three stories, and so, literally yeah, everywhere you walked in, yeah, everywhere you walked in, it was, it was bad. Yeah, everywhere because of the way it was raised. So the water literally just damaged the foundation big time. And something like that, you're looking at from anywhere from fifteen to fifteen to thirty thousand dollars, depending on how bad it is. So it's when you're, you just gotta know. Sometimes you gotta do some research before you buy. But at the end of the day, 
I think that investment for that person would have been fine. The foundation, they fix it, fix up. It had a lot of potential. So the way I see it, it would it wasn't a bad buy. Right there, you go, and you got see, but you've got to be with the right team, and right, this is exactly. literally why I said I said I'm gonna call Rich so I can feel better. <laughs> and yeah, and always get at least three estimates. I don't care what you're doing. Always, you know, have options because every right. don't don't go with the first one and don't ever go with the cheapest one. <laughs> there, that was that was to see real estate gems. This is real estate gems. Get at least three estimates. Don't always go with the first one and don't always bet your bang on the cheapest estimate. Okay. If not, get expand your investment team so that you can make sure your margins are good and make sure that you have enough funds to complete these projects at quality work where you're not refixing the same thing again. Am I saying that correctly, Rich? Yes, no, you're you're good. Okay, cool. So the other question I wanted to talk about, I think we were um, uh, we were going to close off with your contact information. So um, best way to reach you, Rich. And my question is, are are do you charge for your estimates? No, my estimates are free. Okay, so there you go. You heard it from Rich Crest, Richard Crespin. I'm calling him Rich. He goes by Rich. Richard Crespin, owner of TNT Construction, based here in California. But as you've heard, he definitely has a national reach um, for the clientele that is willing to pay his worth, and that's fine. You have to know your worth, and he's definitely someone that has taken on project. Again, he's also part of my personal team, um, and I'm just so happy to have him on a show uh, because one, I know him, but two, I've watched him grow. I've watched his business. And it's great to see somebody um, also being young in this industry, right? We're young in this, we're in our thirties in this industry and we're out here, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, it just started, the fun is yet to come. Yay, I appreciate that. I received that too, I received <laughs> that. All right, you guys, TNT Construction, 310-650-4296. And if you'd like to learn more about our nonprofit Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation, please visit our website, realestate100youth.org. We are signing out, you guys. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you, Rich. See you later.